Hi, everyone. I just wanted to preface this uh, episode with a little update before we get into it. Turns out that Ken Ham actually did review the book, Charlie and the Tortoise, by Mario Mouton, my guest this week. Uh, you can find his interesting review over at Answers in Genesis, and I'll be putting the link in with the notes. Go check it out. Now, let's get on to the uh, episode. Thanks so much for being on the show, Mario. All right. Thank you, Sean. And uh, pretty awesome. This is actually the first podcast that I'm doing for the book. So congrats to you. <laughs> I got it. You got to get it when the iron's hot, right? Yeah, you get you get to see the book first. So That's awesome. Yeah, I, so this is an audio podcast, as everybody knows. So I'm just going to probably put a link to the... Uh, uh, is it available on Amazon yet? It is available on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and type in uh, Tiny Thinkers, uh, MJ Mouton, or Charlie and the Tortoise, uh, you'll find it. So uh, Charlie and the, the Tortoise, that, that speaks to me. It, it's, it's suggesting that we're talking about like uh, Charles Darwin here. Yeah, we are. The, the uh, books uh, are all about scientists. I actually wrote 40 books in all. For my kids a few years ago to try to teach them science concepts. All right, sorry, hold and on, so, hold on. Did you say 40 or 4? 40. Holy moly. Yeah, this this was actually before you met me, Sean. So it's been a while in, 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 in uh, this whole process. of taken quite a bit of time. The uh, I wrote 40 books to basically teach science concepts. Uh, Charlie and the Tortoise is the first book that's out. It's not the first book I wrote, but... Uh, David Smalley from Dogma Debate is the publisher of these books, and he chose the first three books to work with. So he chose Charlie and the Tortoise, which tells the story of Charles Darwin and the Galapagos and the Finches. Uh, the next book is Richie Doodles, which uh, talks about Richard Feynman and Feynman diagrams. It somewhat explains, explains uh, subatomic particles. Uh, on a simple level, and then the next book out will be Carl Goes to the Library, which is Carl Sagan used to go to the uh, New York Library, and it it was in his autobiography that when he was five years old, he went there to ask one question or to find one answer, and it was, what is a star? And and that that moment when he realized that the sun is a star and that every... Every star you see in the sky is a sun. Then the universe, you know, grew right at that moment for him, and that's what's inspired him. But uh, the Charlie and the Tortoise book will be the first one out. It's, uh, I mean, it's for the most part somewhat accurate, except there's a talking tortoise in it. <laughs> so uh, that 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 part didn't really happen. Uh, At least there's a disclaimer you're providing, unlike the talking ass, right? Yeah, the the disclaimer is 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 there might be some animals in the book that have some personification in them, Uh, but the book is doing real well. 
we, we initially only uh, started out with X amount of copies of print, and every one of those copies that we had printed uh, sold out in the first few days of pre-sale. Within the first three days of pre-sale, Amazon ordered 1,400 copies for themselves. So the, the, the book is, is, is doing quite well for, for a first time out. And this is amazing, right? Because, okay, so you have David Smalley. Uh, he's, he's enormous. He's really big with dog, dogma debate. But, uh, I mean, it's not like you've got the press knock beating down your door for this, right? Uh, do you, no. It's no, just it, all it, word of mouth, right? It's just all word of mouth, and we did a pretty good job. We scored Cara Santa Maria, who wrote the foreword for the first book, and the second book, Richie Doodles, it, it, the the uh, forward is written by Lawrence Krauss. Yeah, these are two big names. Yeah, so so hopefully those names will, will carry some weight, and at, at a minimum, because I'm just a dad writing a book for my kids. At minimum, that gives the book some legitimacy. That you know, two two people uh, of their stature is willing to endorse them, so to put their forward in there, and that that means a lot to me. Every book has a protagonist in it. His name is Hitch, and uh, <laughs> you can follow Hitch throughout the book. Uh, Hitch, Hitch is a dog, and uh, he seems to be everywhere that these scientists are at the same time, documenting what's going on, and you might find him hiding in a tree, in a rock, in uh, Charlie and the Tortoise. You'll see him in the background going off a waterfall in a barrel. So I'm, I'm kind of dying here. Can is it possible for you to read maybe a couple of pages of uh, this book? The the uh, Charlie book in the back. There every every book there's there's I have favorite lines from from each one of them. This this is right after he talks to the tortoise and uh, Charlie wrote it all down in his nature book as the tortoise explained how the finches looked. They spoke every day as the tortoise imparted until Charlie went back to the land he departed. And then I'll go skip to the end here, and it ends with, We are all connected. Every boy and every girl, every horse and every moose, every dog and every cat, every finch and every goose, even tortoises that chat. So that's uh, the Charlie book. Uh, Richard Feynman... Uh, Richie Doodle's book. There's a uh, uh, there's a part in there that explains one of his doodles, and it says when an electron and a positron touch each other, they destroy <laughs> each other, not leaving too much, just a little bitty light wave that floats without care until it turns into a quark and an antiquark pair. So you can look. Uh, there's a gluon spitting out of that if you ever look at the Richard Feynman diagram. But I thought that was a pretty easy way to show my daughter that that uh you know what happens when when these subatomical particles you know interact and and it worked out for her she you've met her before she's she's a pretty bright kid but she she's my test subject so whenever i would read these to her if she understood it then i knew i had it and then uh third book i'm i'm reciting these from memory so i may get a word wrong here or there the uh carl sagan book uh, my favorite part of that book is whenever Carl is at the library and he reads what a star is and he realizes that the sun is a star, he thinks, uh, if the sun is a star, then stars are so far away, 
Space was magnificent for the first time that day. Our sun would be just a twinkle of light when viewed from the planet of another star on that planet's night. So that's just a, a tiny part of the book, but that was what I was trying to do there was try to figure out the easiest way to explain if a kid realizes that the sun is a star and every twinkling light out there is a the sun, then they, they might get the grasp on how big our galaxy is. You know what I like about this, and I think also, um, I think also maybe the late uh, Carl Sagan would would approve of it immensely. Is that I mean, Carl Sagan? If you, I don't know if you ever saw his library online, um, Andrean uh, actually there was a special where she showed his library, and he had Lowe's classics. He had he he studied the classics like he he. He was a man who who enjoyed a good poem and good poetry, and uh, I so often when I I mean I I love Bill Nye I love these other science science popularizers, but it's just nice to see a sort of a a nice poem uh, like it like it's sort of a it's it's a niche that I don't think is really uh, very strong uh, in the science uh, education uh, uh, market. And that's that's one of the things. Uh, one of the one of the bits of feedback that I got, even so far on Amazon, because people are just receiving their books here in the last couple of days from Amazon. One of the things that they keep saying is, "Wow, the colors are vibrant and the artist is great," and we think it's neat that the books all rhyme. And the books rhyme. Every book I wrote, it rhymes, you know, from start to finish. Uh, not quite Dr. Seuss, but, uh, you know, I was trying to explain science, so I, I couldn't throw in words like... You'd have like, to make up... Yeah. You, you couldn't throw... Yeah, you couldn't throw in a bunch of uh, made-up words there, necessarily. Not, <laughs> no. Not that the quirks aren't kind of goofy. Some of that stuff is pretty pretty wild. Yeah, and it... You know, in those books, I didn't go into depth explaining, you know, quarks, up quarks, down quarks, strange quarks, charm quarks, uh, top and bottom. I, I didn't go that far. Yeah, I didn't go that that far into explaining, uh, you know, the standard model. But, uh, you know, kids will get a grasp on the size of, size of an atom and then the size of the subatomic particles in the atom and how we how Richard Feynman drew diagrams to so so that you didn't have to look at a big chalkboard full of math problems to to understand what they do. It really kind of like brings in a little uh charm like you 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 might hear people uh let's say religious folk or or just people who say oh science is such a dry subject, you know, it's uh learning by rote, so cold. But uh things like this, you know, at I, it's the same as what I saw when I, I saw Cosmos, both the original and the, and the newer Cosmos. Is there's a there's a certain amount of poetry there, and you know it's just uh, not. I wouldn't call it a metaphysical soul, but there's you know there's soul there. There's like uh, there's feeling. You know, it's good. It's good for kids. It, it is. It is good for kids, and, and it's good for adults because adults are going to read these books and and they're going to learn something as well, not just the kid. You know, a kid who's three to six, seven years old, they might forget the general concept, but they're going to remember the scientist, and they're going to remember, you know, some keywords in there, and there'll be some familiarity whenever they do finally see this stuff in school. 
you know, I got a, I got a pretty good suspicion that I learned all this stuff in school. I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't. And think, why would you? I, yeah, I don't think I remember. I didn't know who Charles Darwin was graduating high school. I'm sure they mentioned his name. <laughs> well, but where, where'd I, you go to school? Yeah, Louisiana. Eh. <laughs> yeah, we have our issues down there. So, uh, had I walked out of school realizing some of the things that I learned, you know, once I once I got out out of Louisiana, basically, uh, I started working with geologists in the field that I work in, and these guys started explaining the rocks and the age of the rocks and stuff to this nature, and. and once they did that, I, I was kind of hooked on it. And, you know, we fossil hunt and we do lots of these things as a family. But I realized that, you know, I might have been taught this stuff back in high school. Don't remember any of it. And I think it was because I wasn't inspired. And so hopefully what the books do is is they, they give you something to be inspired about. If if you're thinking about, you know, how big, how big, how big the galaxy is or, or – or something, and you read one of these books, and the books explains, you know, how how we figure, you know, the distance of stars, and and we use the candlelight and and all those things. You know, that might stick with you, and you might you might actually grasp some of it when you're in school, having an introduction at a young age. Yeah, so. it really, really brings some wonder in it. So we have these three books, and we have one that's just flying off the chart, flying off, sorry. We got, the, we got one that's just flying off the shelves uh, over, at least so far, over on Amazon. I mean, uh, I think, there again, there's a real thirst for this kind of uh, book out there. I mean, just the, I just feel that there's, there's more, like even with Dale McGowan and his uh, parenting books for... Uh, for atheists and non-believers, but actually, now that I reflect upon it, what, these aren't even books like uh, to be limited only for to the atheist crowd. Although they would be appealing to atheists and humanists, um, if you're a someone a religious person, uh, you know, if if you subscribe to evolution, these books are great for that too, right? There's nothing atheisty about the books. They're they're simply science books. That's it. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of the people who have purchased the books, and even some of the people that I recognize that left uh, reviews on Amazon, or not just religious, but the most fundamentalist of religious people that I know. Uh, the first book, no one should be scared of the fact that it's talking about Charlie and it's talking about evolution. Uh, the book doesn't even mention evolution in it. Uh, I don't believe, maybe in the facts page on the back, they might say theory of evolution, but not in, in any of the writing of telling the story. Uh, it says uh, Charles uh, Darwin noticed that change, animals change over time. Yeah. It, it, and then... You know, because he was actually back home whenever he was looking at the fossil skeletons of the finches and realized and put all that stuff together and, and drew the, the famous I thinks. And, so while uh, he was on his actual trip, I mean, yeah. he was just making observations. So, yeah, he was, he was making observations and collecting specimens. Not that evolution, I don't see evolution as being controversial in the least, but for those who do find evolution controversial these books are simply a story about 
uh, Charlie's voyage of discovery on the on the Beagle, right? Right, and, and it's to it's to make it it seem like it's it, it's an adventure, and that you don't you know Charlie travels all the way to the Galapagos, but in a lot of the other stories, the scientists uh, uh, basically are on adventures around their house. Uh, there, there's a book. Uh, uh, the, the the guy who who you know came up with kingdom phyla class order family genus and species he was he was a creationist type guy way back then what he did is he would draw animals that was around his house because his mother was an artist and was teaching him how to draw and eventually he 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 knew the fine things about the outside of the animal and he started breaking them down into categories and then as he grew older he studied the insides of the animals and he was able to put them in order but it, it it is just a science book there there's nothing that anyone should fear about it now I will tell you this when the books first went on Amazon I went and bought copies just to test and see how it would work and I knew I already had copies coming to me so I I, uh, I looked up Ray Comfort's uh, address <laughs> and so the first copy I shipped to Ray Comfort. Good idea. And, yeah, and it wasn't the, on his uh, wish list. I don't know. It wasn't on his wish list. And then the next copy that I uh, I bought on Amazon, I shipped it to the Creation Museum. Attention, care of Ken Ham. So, uh, did you didn't hear anything back from them yet, though, huh? No, they would just be arriving like yesterday or today. That'd be nice. But, as far as I can check the tracking, but it should be uh, yesterday or today. They should have arrived there. Keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on um, Ray Comfort's Facebook if he hasn't banned you. That is, <laughs> I don't I don't think I'm, I'm banned. I don't ever go on those guys' websites and say anything, you know, uh, off. Uh, you know, they are who they are, and I I I think if we give them attention, it you know, legitimizes them too much. That's well. That's their bread and butter. I think. I yeah. mean, anybody who's in any kind of media, attention is what they need. So for sure. Well, I said that, but I have been to the Creation Museum, Ken Ham's Creation Museum. Uh, me and the wife and the kids went, and uh, there there was a little bit of guilt and you know putting money towards that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it is a it is a beautiful place, and. Uh, it is what it is, but to be honest, I think half of the people that was there, non-believers, there to laugh at it. Uh, one more thing, actually, you've been doing a lot of work, uh, charity work for uh, Uganda. Um, can you uh, give us a little rundown on uh, what you've done so far and uh, what projects you've got coming up there? Basically, we we started with Kids Heart Kids when we first started doing work in Uganda. It was with uh, Robert over at Kasesi. We, we we started a pen pal program uh, there. We eventually had a hard time getting the letters from uh, parents to get to go to the kids in Uganda. And some of the kids in Uganda would, you know, grow past school or wouldn't come back. So that was kind of uh, put on hold. Uh, but we got to see uh, Brighter Brains Institute step up at uh, Kasesi. So we... we focused our attention with Ugandan Humanist Trust and what we do there is uh, we'll sponsor some kids every year uh, a few orphan girls to go to school here and there and then in Gulu, Uganda for a group called Hilu 
what we did is uh, they have a vocational program there that's humanist run, and they have uh, basically they 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 get uh, these women who are, who are for the most part alone in, in the world, and, and they they live in huts and such elsewhere. But they they give them some vocational training, teach them how to sew, teach them how to bake, teach them how to farm, and then. What what happened is I started seeing the pictures and these these women are sewing and baking and they're holding babies on their hips. So what uh, we did is uh, we built a nursery uh, and hired someone to keep their kids so that they could focus on their studies. And then so far that's grown to where uh, they 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 can basically are uh, beginning what would be uh, primary school. I think there's got about 30 or 40 kids in there now. Uh, all that we do at this point, we, we funded the building of the of the classrooms. Uh, all we do at this point is to uh, pay the teachers' uh, salaries, which is an onerous task at times because you know we have we have other things going on, but uh, worth it nonetheless because you get to see pictures come back of all these kids starting school. Otherwise, uh, these kids wouldn't wouldn't have the opportunity, uh, even even to get that kind of start. Uh, in their situation, there there was no school in their future, and now now there now there is at least a, a starting point. Is there a website or somewhere where people can go to it, uh, help out? Yeah, it's 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 best to locate us on on Facebook at Kids Heart Kids. You can go to www.kidsheartkids.com. Or you can look up uh, uh, the Humanist Empowerment of Livelihoods in Uganda, HELU, on Facebook. Uh, but the, the best way to do it is, is to find us, uh, Kids Heart Kids, on Facebook. Right now, we've been pretty slow. Uh, I know, Sean, you, you've been uh, a fundraiser in the past. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the fundraising dries up and it gets slow, and it has for us right now. So... We're we're just maintaining uh, all of our obligations right now, the best we can. But I, we don't have any projects in the work. But Helu is trying to finish a classroom, and really we're we're not that far away. We're about seven or eight hundred dollars away from finishing it. So so if 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 anybody would want to donate and help out with that, uh, you certainly can by coming to kidsartkids.com. If anybody out there uh, would like to help out, and as as you can hear, it's not like uh, we need thousands of dollars. Um, it's not, you know, it's it's less than a thousand dollars brings a uh, you know community a new classroom to uh, help teach kids useful skills and also allow mothers um, the space to learn and acquire new skills. Absolutely, and and they need that. And if if you if you go to the Kids Art Kids Facebook page, you'll see you'll see lots of pictures, and you'll see what I'm talking about with the moms holding babies while they're sewing, or they've got them attached to them. And you know, we have a whole lot of happy moments. And one of the reasons why I put these books out there to be published was just because of the financial burden that you know we had. I I, don't, I said burden. I don't call that a burden, but uh, to make up to offset it anyway. I was hoping that I could put the books out there because we were chasing down scientists to get them to sign books. And I kind of thought it would be cool to have my own books. And I really was only expecting to make them, 
so that I could have them at conferences and sell them myself to do this. But then I came across David Smalley, and uh, he loved the books, and he said we got to get these out to the world. So, so here we are now, and uh, hopefully we'll have some return on these books, and I can do more uh, more work in Uganda and, and breathe easier doing so. Yeah, David Smalley, of course, uh, he's the host of Dogma Debates, which is an awesome, awesome podcast. He's done he's done a great deal already to help this cause as well. Um, so, Mario, could you just repeat the names of the books again? Um, I think our time is pretty much up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first book, and the one that you can get right now, uh, it is sold out, and if you go to Amazon, it will say temporarily out of stock, but will be restocked on February 10th. That one is called Charlie and the Tortoise. It has a forward by Cara Santa Maria. The next book that's due out is called Richie Doodles. It's Richard Feynman and Feynman's Diagrams. That one has a forward by Lawrence Krauss. The third book will be Carl Goes to the Library. And the forward for that one is undetermined, but we've sent a few requests off. I'm pretty sure given the uh, response uh, to the first two books, we'll you're probably going to be able to get uh, someone really great to write that forward. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it, you know, you, you want somebody great, but you also want somebody who who, uh, who cares about getting the message out to kids. And, and the message is, is that you should always be an adventurer. Absolutely true. Mario, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Sean. And it was awesome to get to talk to you again. Thus concludes this episode of my Secret Atheist podcast. Music is upbeat by John Luke Hefferman and Behind the Seas by Possumist. Both are available for download at freemusicarchive.org. Thanks for listening and tally ho. Stop.